Hey friend, if you're an Email Templates 101 owner, be sure to log in and check out the 2024 updates and brand new templates in your course. You'll find a new active listing seller check-in template as well as a new offer delivery template for your sellers, plus lots of fine tuning to the other existing templates. Don't have Email Templates 101 yet? Grab yours now at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash courses. Leads, leads, leads might be a little misleading. <laughs> now that you have me, you must stop clicking buttons. Well, if you get a repeat referral, you need five leads to get five closes. You need to go make it happen. And it did. The yeah. fear motivated me. Same. They're like, <laughs> it would be rude not to. If someone asked me what I do, I don't say nothing. We're just here one hustle humbly episode at a time trying to bring professionalism and respect back to the realtor brand. Hi y'all, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Welcome to episode 237, getting business in a changing, challenging market. Okay. It's already changed. <laughs> I feel like it's always changing, right? Yeah. You were like, you were just giggling. So I'm like, let's just start. Yeah. Okay. I want to say that we have been getting a lot of similar type messages lately. Okay. They're about getting... Oh, okay. The re- <laughs> I thought this episode was going to be called Leads, Leads, Leads. I I understand, but I think Leads, Leads, Leads might be a little misleading. But, okay. Do you want it to be called Leads, Leads, Leads? I don't know. When you said that, that was the name of the episode, I was like, oh gosh, I think I prepared for the wrong thing. (laughs) Getting business. What are we talking about? Same thing. Yeah, getting business and leads. Well, not the same. Not. I get business without leads. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Okay. We're going to talk about it. How about let's start here. (laughs) As the market shifts and changes and slows, let's just call it a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you're getting sold to more, right? Are you getting more? Let's help you get leads. Here, buy this, you know, (laughs) website placement, buy this Google ad, buy this, you know, lead service, buy this, you know, whatever from all the things, right? Yeah. They're texting. Hey, are you still selling real estate oh and blah, gosh. blah, blah? I know it's an ad when it says my full name. Yeah. I'm like, right, this is so legit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're trying to be, they're selling you the leads because mm-hmm. everyone needs the leads. And on top of it, all of these companies, y'all have to realize, aren't making as much money because there are no leads to sell. Correct. So they are like really pushing it. Yeah. Okay, and they're losing agents who are either leaving or they're like, I can't afford to pay for the leads. Yes. So how do you know what to what's a good lead from a bad lead was the question that I think someone asked. Like, how do you know if it's worth paying for? What how what what is your determining factor? I'm only laughing because I feel unqualified to answer these questions because I haven't ever used any of the different companies that False. sell leads. Okay. You, you you used Dave Ramsey. Oh, yes. He was an online lead service. Whenever I first started with him, mm-hmm. what year of your business was that? Oh gosh, it's I, okay because I'm no longer in the right. program because it had it changed 
to more of a lead service. Okay. In the beginning, you were just like an approved agent? Yeah. And I had just finished Financial Peace University. Mm -hmm. Me and Tanner did it after we got married. So good, by the way. Just Mm -hmm. a good, good course. Okay. So I was all, all excited. Side note, I am not a Dave Ramsey fan. Yeah, I know. She's not. And I I am not a um, fan of him. Well, I don't mind him. I'm just not like a diehard. I mind him. I know. You mind him. I'm not a diehard. I think the basic principles are good and I find his advice interesting. Okay. Move on. So I had gotten certified. I guess I became, I went through his training program, which was also really good um, in 2014. Okay. That's when you did the piece. I applied when I finished financial financial piece in 2013. Okay. And I submitted my resume and I did not have enough experience to be a Ramsey agent. Okay. And I thought, that's cool. Like, like you, you actually have to know what you're doing. Yes. Or you have don't some- take everybody. Mm-hmm. You want some, you know, transactions under your belt, years under your belt. Then um, they actually kept my resume on file and okay. asked, reached out to me a year and a half later asking me to update my resume. Okay. So I did and then went through the interview process. At that time... You paid for the training and became a certified agent that if somebody came through the Dave Ramsey site to say, I need an agent in this area that matches those principles, Mm -hmm. you would get three names Okay, of realtors in that area. And you didn't, at this point, there was no monthly fee. They didn't take anything else from you? Yeah, there was like a 25% referral referral fee, fee, which, which was what. I was used to when I received a referral from another agent. Right. So anywho, it was good. I mean, it kept me on my toes. I feel like especially it was like my only source of um, like cold Mm -hmm. leads. And so I felt like it kept me very sharp. Right. I was having to remember that like they're interviewing you and they're choosing between you and other agents. And like I got rejected a lot. A lot. I also got accepted a lot. Okay. But it just sort of. And they also sent it to all three agents at the same moment. So yes. it was a, a race. Yeah. They wanted to see like how many times you were the one to contact them first. They can see that. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I was. And this was before I had kids. Mm-hmm. And then after I had kids, after my repeat and referral business was it enough to carry me. And it was a hard decision for me to let it go. You remember, I I guess, because I had dedicated so much to it over the years, but I just knew it was time. And they did change the structure a little bit where there was monthly fees. Right. So it was like you are paying for a lead. Whether or not you turned one. Whether or not you close anything. So I just thought it's, it's become more of a lead model that I just don't need it. And I enjoyed my time with it and I've learned a lot. And then I just, I guess I would say I outgrew it. Yeah. With my repeat and referral business. Okay. I think let's just stop there. The way that you outgrew it was that you served them well and then put them into your database machine, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that they could be repeat referral. I yeah. think that sometimes the vibe I get from agents who pay for leads mm-hmm. is that they are so busy paying for leads and working that large volume of leads that come in Mm -hmm. that they kind of forget that it it should be a hybrid. Mm -hmm. Like the goal should always be once I've had enough of these leads over enough amount of time, I should easily be able to be sustaining myself from the repeat referral business of those leads. Yes. It just, I don't think there's any reason where as you grow in your business, you should need that lead source forever. Correct. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah. 
But I feel like a lot of people get on that hamster wheel Mm -hmm. and they can't get off. And I would also caution the people who are thinking about getting onto the hamster wheel (laughs) that it's a hamster wheel, right? Like it's a lot of work. They're going to put a lot of, because it's a lot of filtering. Here's the other deal. Repeat referral business means someone you already worked with calls you and says, I would like to work with you again. Mm -hmm. Or someone you already worked with says, hey, my friend would like to use you. And if you guys remember from the episode we just had about the stats from the NAR report, buyers and sellers work almost like a huge percentage work with the first agent they talk to. Mm, Okay. mm -hmm. So then you get a referral. They're going to work with whoever they talk to first. With my repeat and referral business, I don't know that I was ever interviewed. Okay. Perfect. Right. So different kind of business. Yeah. When you're getting a Zillow lead or a Redfin lead or Ramsey lead or wherever they came from on the internet and they're sending it, whether it's to you or to three other agents, these people don't know you. They just want you to speedily respond and the volume you need to turn one. I think that the stats, online leads turn at less than a 5% success rate. Yeah, I would agree. Regardless of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So now I need... 20 leads to get what five Mm -hmm. not even five i need 100 leads to get five yes right five closes i need 100 leads to get five closes well if you get a repeat referral you need five leads to get five closes (laughs) do you follow what i'm saying yes so i think the volume is just like an instagram followers or a number of people in your email list you just think, oh, the more the bigger number means I'm going to have more success, mm-hmm. but they don't turn like that, right? I think my so what was kind of cool about this is there's a dashboard to show you your percentage, okay? And it was the percentage that you lost because they actually closed with somebody else, okay? It told you that, oh, but there was also the percentage that just never closed with anybody, right? I got and they reward you for like how high that. Per- I think I got up to like a thirteen percent conversion rate. It's pretty good. I got up there, way above industry standard. Yes, and then I would say as time went on, it it got lower, and that was probably. F- Here's the thing: I was treating these cold leads the same way I do my You're- repeat and referral clients, <laughs> so I was killing myself. Yeah, with communicating with that many people, and I knew at some point. I was going to need to automate it more, and it just wasn't how I operate, yeah. so it was no longer a match. Right. So is it worth it to pay for leads is the final question here. Is it worth it? Um, don't, it, don't answer. Okay. Let's back it up. I started my business in 2006 was my first full year. The only reason I was successful and continued to stay in real estate was because I bought online leads. Y'all, 2006, the internet was barely 10 years old. I was going to say, were you the only one? I was, there were two. Now, remember, we've always had over a thousand agents in our market. We're at like 4,000 now. But even then, it was a couple thousand. There was plenty. Yeah. Myself and maybe one other agent would be in the particular zip codes I picked. And they were like, we are going to guarantee for you 10. And online leads were new. Yeah. Okay. We're going to guarantee for you 10 leads. I'm like, great. I, I need 10 leads. I, most months I would get 70 <gasps> and I'm oh paying for 10 because there was no other agent you see. So they would just cycle through me and the, this other agent and whenever it would just flip, flip around, around and it only went to you. So the, the actual process and what online leads are and just like the years from when you started to now is completely different. Do you want to die a small death? Okay. I paid $250 a month. That is it. Wow. No referral fee, no like 
oh, premium zip code, pay this, do that, be a premier, like all these other agents are on the page with you. No, me. Thank you. Just me. <laughs> but you know what else? The system wasn't even, that was called Just Listed and um, House Values was the website. They advertised on like the regular news and stuff. Like mm. they had commercials. And that's how they got the leads to send to you. I mean, obviously they had a website, but again, the internet was not that old. <laughs> so they weren't getting like this huge quantity of like Google AdWords or whatever they do now. Well, they then were bought by Market Leader. So y'all probably know Market Leader now. I don't even mm-hmm. know what they're where. And then Zillow came along after. Like Zillow didn't even So how exist. did you get off the hamster wheel? At what point? How did that happen? I Was it hard? When I did it, also the actual website that they were running didn't create a, the buyer didn't come in and make their own search. Katie went in into the oh. MLS for 70 people a month and made a search, set them up on a search based on their criteria. You're such a hard worker. Thank you. I worked them super hard because they weren't, e- there was no automation at all. No. I mean, like I had to go in and if I wanted to reach out, there was no drip email campaign. There was no like they type in their search and they're getting emails. every. I had to set them up Mm -hmm. regardless. I I don't remember when I quit them, but I do remember maybe 2015, 16, somewhere in that range. The Zillow people finally broke me down and I'm like, fine, I'll give it a try. It had been a few years since I had used the lead service and I'm like, you know, um, my business is. I'd like it to grow. I'll 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 buy some Zillow leads. I did that for a year. It was expensive. I made no sales. The people who I did end up meeting to go show them property would ditch me in a heartbeat. They only wanted to go in an hour on a Saturday, and I'm like, this is not this is not for me. Yeah. So, all to say, you do you. Do you want to try? But put some parameters in place that say, okay. They're making me do a six-month commitment. This is what it costs if I haven't closed X by then. But also, remember, they're going to sell you on the fact that you only have to close one sale for it to pay for itself. What is your quality of life while you're having to deal with these leads? That was hard for me, too, is that when a lead would come in, it could they they came in the middle of the night sometimes, and it was just all the time. I love this story. One of my good friends um, is a lender. And had an agent come to her and say, look, I want you to be on my lender list. And she was like, wow, thank you. This will be great. What? Thank you for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> she said, the next day I get this email. Here's the sign the dotted line. Yeah, she never signed anything. The agent put her name and information down and basically said, is it okay if I send you some leads? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah great. Well, thank obviously. you. So she said the next day I'm sitting at my computer working on my files and I get this email that's like, oh, you have a new lead from that realtor. So she's like, oh, great. As soon as I finish this, I will call them. She said four minutes later, I got another email that said this lead was assigned to someone else. And and she was like, oh, what what happened? So she didn't know what to do. So she did try to call anyway. And they were like, not no one answered. And so she just deleted the emails. And Mm-mm. she said then the next day. It was Saturday and I was in the grocery store and I got a alert to my phone that was like, that realtor has sent you a lead. Like, oh. And she was like, great. As soon as I check out and get in my car, I'll call this person. And then before she could do that, it was like, this lead has been assigned to somebody else. And Done. She, moved on. She called the agent and said, please take me off. I don't operate this way. I, I, I love my repeat and referral business. Right. I cannot. And it also just like makes you feel like you have failed it's like constant rejection. <laughs> it is constant rejection, 100%. And I just, I thought that was so interesting because I don't know if it's happening as much now, 
as it was in, say, 2019, 2020, but there was a really big spurt in our market where lenders and realtors were offering to pay leads for each other. And they still do. Don't they, kid yourself. Yeah, I figured they do. But for they, a minute, there, when it was a newer thing, it was a huge push. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going to find this interesting. When I was still paying for my leads, like if I wanted to increase, then other agents start to figure it out, right? Like, it didn't go on and on for years like it did in 2006. I was still using that system. However, agents were, they were selling it better to other agents. Yeah. You know, so the lead volume was getting lower or I had to pay more before, I guess, the RESPA and TRID stuff. Mm -hmm. Your lender could pay the whole amount mm -hmm. and they were, or your title company or whoever. And that was happening pretty frequently, even in our market. And then they were like, no, you have to split it. But then they, we've talked about this on the show before. Just like what you said, the agents would go to a lender. Maybe it was the one they've partnered with all along and be like, hey, I'm going to buy these leads and I want you to pay for half so that I can send them to you. And if you don't want to pay for half, I'll just move on to a lender that will. And so the lenders were kind of like, yikes, they Ugh. don't make the same money that a agent makes mm -hmm. on a sale. So they're like, and they need a lot of agents. Mm -hmm. You're not supplying them all of their business. Yeah. And even if it's a lot of business. They're like, but then this is a slippery slope. Yes. Then the next agent that I normally partner with is going to do the same thing. And I only have so much of a my budget for this. My going to like my top lenders that I use and telling them that like hurts my heart. You're like, right. I'm leaving you if you don't support, pay for my business. But, right. Makes me feel icky. It, it's kind of, I mean, you really are kind of like putting them over a barrel and you're like, yeah. do you want to keep working with me and getting my business? Well, you're right. going to have to pay. Right. Pay to play. Pay to Do play. Me, my friend. Pay. Pay. You must pay. Um, so I think that ultimately I transitioned out because it's not the quality of life isn't there. You're going to have to be like kind of at a beck and call. And that wasn't my but once I had kids, I'm like, this you know is what not I don't good. understand. Random thought in my head. Please, let's hear it. So many people leave as a solo agent to join a team to get leads. Oh, yeah. As a solo agent, why don't they just pay for their own? Because the leads have gotten so expensive. Oh, Do but then what? when they finally close one, they have to give so much to the team. Agreed. Six one way, half so a dozen like, the other. It's kind of like Do financing you, it with yes. the team. Do you want to pay for it up front? I see. Do you want to just go there? And look, is it the case that maybe that particular team has locked down a zip code or is in a position where you couldn't even go buy it from that X boomtown or whatever? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Because they can't. And, and that's what happened. That's why you saw such a boom in 19, 20, 21. There were tons of leads to sell because there were tons of buyers and sellers in the market. Mm -hmm. As the actual buyers and sellers leave the market, they have less quantity of leads to sell. Right. So then mm -hmm. if you've always been locked into zip code 70808 as a team lead, you're still getting maybe the number of leads have gone down. But that literally that agent can't go to Zillow and say, I want 70808. They'll be like, well, we'll let you know when there's an opening. Mm hmm. And that agent, maybe that team leader has it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So in that way, I guess it makes sense. And if you don't have the money to finance it up front, if the problem is you don't have business. Or money. You definitely don't have money. No money, no business. So you have to go somewhere that will send you online leads, but then you give you lose your bigger percentage because you're giving it back. You're you're paying you're paying it back. Until you build your own business. I mean. It, yeah, it's it's a necessary evil, I would say, if you're going to go that route. But like, did you exhaust all of the possibilities of ways you could get leads yourself for free? No, they did not. <laughs> did you host open houses every Sunday for no. a while to see? Did you 
I mean, call it for sale by owner. Did you go like ask the other agents in your office if they need help in a certain area or maybe they don't want to work rentals? Maybe they don't want to work a certain like area or price range or whatever. Did you like do all of the what to do when you're new or slow? Like I think leads seem like the magic pill, the one time quick fix. If I could just get some leads, if I could just get some business, I would be successful. I will tell you a story about leads okay. and I will not name names, but okay. there was an agent in our market that had taken agent systems or right before she did. And she and I were talking and she said she was a, a Zillow agent personally, not on a team, paid for it herself, was doing great business. I think she was doing 52 transactions in a year. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Right. She was paying $9,000 a month. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, hold up, knowing our average price kind of a, got a, an idea of what a commission might be. You got to do three sales. So she had to do 36 sales just to cover the pay for the leads. So that means that in reality, you're only making the money on 20 sales, right? Yeah. Because you had needed 30 just to pay. Just to break even. Right. (sighs) So why not be a person who does 20 sales of your repeat referral, open hat, like a, a simpler, easier. And she was seeing four buyers on a Saturday that she never met before and might never see again. She, I'm like just running, running. Because think about it now. If you did 52 sales from that, you had to get thousands of leads to mm-hmm. wade through. Mm-hmm. I think it's people like to jump into things without checking the numbers. And that could be anything. Oh, yeah. They're very quick to join a team, switch brokerages, buy into a program that guarantees something. And I remember I had this new agent telling me that they were switching over to whatever brokerage because the brokerage, she was spitting out all these numbers. And I went, have you checked this? She was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I mean, you can see this all in yeah, MLS. Go look it up. Have you checked what they told you? Well, no. I said, let's do that right now. And I opened my computer and it was sparse. Like, I don't know if it if they just lie (laughs) maybe i don't know but i said is there any i don't know what they're basing their numbers off of i don't know i'm just telling you what i see in our system is not what you're telling me about Mm -hmm. and and it was like people don't do their due diligence and their research for themselves Mm -hmm. before making these big financial decisions they're just looking for that quick decision that's gonna make them feel better well look a salesman typically sold you the leads yeah, they're good at that. That's their job. They know all of the objections. They know all of the ways to pull at you and be like, tomorrow you could have a, a buyer. If you're mm-hmm. going to work your database, that's going to take you months. On the note of how you said um, when you were working the leads, they would drop you in a heartbeat or the agent that you talked to that was meeting for new people on a Saturday and then maybe she would see one of them again, Yeah, you know? In our buyer consumer episode, mm-hmm. we did a whole episode that we encouraged you to share with your buyers because it goes over the buyer rules and like the whole how process. does the process work? Yes. Yeah. I have found it to be extremely valuable when I get new clients, especially for the first timers. The only negative feedback we received from that episode is that when we're going over the buyer rules in that with our buyer is it says don't click on a Zillow link or any button or any button, any website, any website, anything that says talk to agent, talk to an agent, (laughs) see the house now, schedule here. Like we're educating our buyers. Don't do that because it will send you to an agent that is paying to receive your information 
And I could lose you. Yeah, if you want to work with me. If you want to work with me. not going to work that way. Every time you have a house you want to see, send it to me. Yeah. Well, our friends that listen that do pay for leads were like, I don't know if I feel comfortable sending this episode to my buyer because that's how they found me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. But I thought, regardless of how they found you. You don't want them to click the button again. You want them to stop clicking, especially if that's how they found you. You want to educate them and say, listen. Right. Now you have to break bad behavior. Yes, now, yes, you got them, but now you need to educate them and say, listen, I know that you got me because you clicked a button. Now that you have me, you must stop clicking buttons. Yeah. And again, stop being afraid to tell people the truth. Let them know how it works. Hey, listen, you found me that way and I'm glad, but I don't want to lose you. I think we're a good match or I'm going to do this, this, this for you. We're going to have a great experience. So you got to stop clicking the button. Stop clicking the button. And I would just flat out say that to them. Yes. Please don't click the button. You can continue to look on X website because I know that's where you're going to go to find houses and that's okay. No more clicking the button. Mm -hmm. Here's my phone number. You can call me. You can text me. You can email me. You talk to me. I just had a young, young couple. (laughs) I can tell I'm getting older. (laughs) They were like, what, 30? Because like my first time homebuyers used to be my age when I was 22. And now I'm like, they are in their 20s. Young (laughs) children. I know you kids. So funny. Anywho, they're young. And they really wanted to go see these houses. And I said, awesome. Have you talked to anybody about numbers yet? Have you been pre-proofed? Well, we actually have an appointment scheduled for Sunday to, to go see this house. I said, oh, do you already have a realtor? Well, no, but we did request an appointment online and they said they could meet us there. And I said, look, I don't want to overwhelm you with information, but in realtor world, the agent that shows you the house is the one who gets the sale on that house. So it would not be fair for an agent to show you a house and on their weekend or any time and then not be allowed to write a contract for you. She goes, I never even thought about that. She, they just think they're like salaried, hourly yeah, people, I just the listing agent. Button. Yeah. I, and she said, so what do I do? I said, Un-click well, the bu- unring the bell. Stop, ringing, stop clicking buttons online or anywhere. I said, if you would like to work with me, I'd be happy to meet you at that house. I am available at that time. Um, but you would have to let the agent know, hey, I did not realize how it worked. I, I actually do have an agent. And she's like, okay, I can do that. Thank I goodness. said, good. Okay, great. Well, I'd be happy to work with you. Otherwise, you could keep your appointment and that could be your agent. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. And she said, well, I've already gotten so much information and value from our 10-minute phone call. That agent, when they called me, didn't ask me anything about my budget. Because they're just trying, y'all, if you buy online leads, I'm not talking to every one of you. I'm sure some of you do it correctly. But a lot, don't kid yourself, a lot of agents are just trying to entrap the buyer, right? Yes. Like, let's just get you. You're paying to be a Pop-Tart. Yeah, let's just get you you're on this paying, path. Yes. Then I'll just be like, here you are. You're here. You're working with me. Maybe it's like sign here. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like, well, let's quick write a contract before I lose you to the next button you push. Mm-hmm. It's just a different type of thing. And you have to be, if you want to do online leads, you need to be very comfortable talking about money. Yeah. You need to be very comfortable talking about business and how real estate works. If you're just trying to like squeak by and like open doors and pray that they use you to write the contract, it is not for you. Yeah. It is not. 
there, are you looking for ways to save time and money in your business? Email Templates 101 is the communication system you need to bring ease and efficiency to managing your transactions and clients. Save time and avoid mistakes, all while providing a high level of service for your buyers and sellers. In Email Templates 101, you'll get 13 downloadable buyer templates ready for your personal touches. And 19 downloadable seller templates, plus six attachment checklists. Head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash courses to get yours today. Okay, someone else wanted to know how they could get away from their lead generation company to something more cost effective, mm-hmm. but keep it at 40 to 50 leads a month. <laughs> So they still want to get 50 leads a month. I think the problem is that maybe if you've always been on an online lead Mm -hmm. vibe, you don't realize you don't need 50 to turn because you're going to turn at a higher percent if it's repeat referral, someone you met in person, someone, I don't, maybe even an open house person who met you, let you know, like, you're just going to turn it differently. Mm -hmm. So you don't need 50 anymore. Maybe you, how many, how many transactions do you need? Should be more than how many leads do you need? Yes. And there are lots of gurus that will tell you you need X leads no matter what. Like, oh, you're going to, you want to do 10 transactions? You're going to need 200 leads. Well, not true. What kind of leads are they? Right. Like, what kind of people are you working with? So I think that the answer to that question is you're going to spend a lot of time and money if you're getting 50 of any kind of lead. Yeah. Right. Unless they're repeat referral and then they're not costing you anything. Yeah. It's just free. The point is, if you want 40 to 50 leads a month, guaranteed. You're going to have to pay for it. But what's the mindset, I guess, is also the thing. Right. You got to cut. I saw. Okay. Speaking of mindset, mm-hmm. I saw this ad, a paid sponsored ad on like Instagram or something selling leads. Mm-hmm. And the caption said, if you're not paying, you're not playing. And then I'm thinking, ooh. And then someone in the comments goes, I'm not playing. I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel too. Right. Like, I don't want to play. It, yeah. I want to work. And build my business. I I have a business. Right. So does Zillow. Do I want to pay for Zillow to stay open? No, that's not my business plan. How can I use that money to build my own relationships? Because that's more pleasant. It's more fun. It's safer. It takes less time. It is going to sustain you long term. Yeah. Right. Because you're going to build the system where you treat the people well. You do the transaction. You remember to follow up with them. You ask them if they know anyone. You send the notes to their dad who came to the inspection. Zillow is not sending notes to nobody. Mm -mm. They're just pushing out more ads on Google and whatever so that they get enough leads in that they can sell to you. And I love when people also complain about Zillow is just taking our listings and selling them back to us. I'm like, but you're paying for it. Right. They can do that because they have all your money. You're complicit in this. Mm -hmm. And if that's fine. I mean, I'm not. They're using your listings to get leads to then send it to other agents that pay for them. Right. And now it's too far gone. Even if they even if they disconnected and they couldn't show all the lists, it doesn't matter. The public would go straight there and be like, oh, I need to click a button to say my listing can go on Zillow. Well, obviously, I'm going to click the button Mm -hmm. because I need my listing to be on Zillow. Sure. Okay. What about phone duty? Is phone duty dead? Um, it's not in my office. Okay. People still I do go think in. it's slower. Mm-hmm. But the key to me is scheduling your phone duty on an office day and bringing plenty of other things for you to, to do. do. If the phone rings, great. If it doesn't, fine. Okay. Are open houses dead? No. Definitely not. not. No. Right. 
So if you do phone duty well, and you do open houses well, and you put in the time it takes, eventually you can't not get business, right? Correct. Like yes. it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do think that a lot of the pushback lately we've been getting is kind of, we're going to get to the market in a second. It's kind of market-based, right? Mm-hmm. Like even if you're on phone duty right now, there are probably less calls coming in. There are. Even if you're paying for Zillow leads, there are probably less leads coming in. Yeah. Because there are less buyers and sellers in the market in this winter period. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to, as this airs, I think we're getting yeah, we'll more see, into the spring. And we'll see what right? the rates are doing. Like, right. we'll see. It's going to change. Mm-hmm. It's going to change. Fluctuates. Um, okay. While we're on referrals, before we talk about the market, actually, um, how do you crack the code of past client referrals? So we're just like, work your past client. Is there a code? How do you crack it? You have to ask. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when I do my my November or whatever, whenever I do any type of pro uh, campaign, that's the word I'm looking for. Whenever okay. I do any type of campaign where I am saying, hey, I just wanted to thank you so much for working with me. And I wanted to remind you that I am open for new business. I strictly want to work repeat and referral business. So anybody you know, send them my way. I do this every single year. And every single year I get different responses and I get a few that say, Oh, awesome. I always feel like you have you're, 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 bu- so you're so successful that you don't need it. And I'm like, y'all keep me successful. So it's sort of like you have to remind the people. And then there's like this huge blip of incoming business. And I think that can be done if Anytime. you are slow. Mm-hmm. You need to be writing notes. And it doesn't have to be to someone that you sold a house to. I wrote, I went back through my high school yearbook. <laughs> Of Remember? course you did. Of course and you I did. And I wrote notes to my friend's parents that I was like close with in high school and said, I'm in real estate now and I love it. It's going so well. If you know anyone, please send them my way. They're I like, cannot tell you the response that came from that. That's really do sweet. Do people want to do that? Do no. Pe- they, they're like embarrassed. Good. Why? That's the, uh, let's go real deep mindset. Why? Why did you get into real estate? If you were going to be embarrassed about it, you you can't stay. You got to go. Like yeah. if you're not, if you're afraid to tell your aunt or your friend's parents that you actually sell real estate, let's dig even deeper. Why are you embarrassed? Like, are you embarrassed because everyone thinks realtors are scum? Because I got that on a couple of messages. Mm-hmm. Like, but how do you, and we're going to have a whole separate episode on speaking to your value again, because we need to do this, but let's just think what makes you embarrassed? Yeah. Are you embarrassed because you don't have a lot of experience? That's mm-hmm. fine. But how can you build some confidence? Like you're learning right now. Mm-hmm. So why, why are you afraid to ask? Cause it's so funny. People, they just think that the biggest thing is I don't want to come off as salesy. Yeah. I don't want to be at my kid's baseball game and come off as salesy. Asking someone what they do and they say, oh, I'm a nurse. What do you do? And you say, oh, I'm a realtor. And then y'all talk and you ask that nurse, where do you live? Oh, I love that neighborhood. What is salesy about that? Nothing. Nothing. I also don't see what's salesy about saying, hey, if you have friends or family that are going to buy or sell, I'd love for you to share my name. Yeah. I'm not asking you to pay me anything. I'm not asking you to I'm sign up. I'm not going to send you 600 emails about it. I just literally said, hey, I'm... Like you said, I'm open for business. Yeah. I am a business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need some clients or else I'm no longer going to be a business. And I think letting them know, I only want to work my repeat and referral business because y'all have been such a delight. Right. Keep, keep that going. You Make know? it feel elite almost. 
Yeah. Like, I only want to work with you and someone you send me to. Mm -hmm. So you have the keys to, like, make this happen. Right. Um, They would much rather pay. Because I look, I completely sympathize. When I was early in the business and I paid for my leads, I didn't have to. I didn't have to show up with confidence and speak to my value to someone I've known for 30 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to, especially in your case, you wouldn't have to convince people little baby Alyssa Mm -hmm. is also capable of being your real kudos to you for going back to your high school friends, parents, because they knew you when you were just a kid. In one of my letters I wrote to my like best friend from high school's mom, I was like, I will always remember sitting at your island eating the entire box of macaroni and cheese. Like, that is how I remember her, and that is how she remembers me. Yeah. And, and I mentioned like, that. Now I sell like, now because, I sell houses. Isn't that funny? Because everyone becomes an adult. Yeah. They can sympathize with the fact that you're obviously not a 16-year-old kid anymore. I just find it to be interesting because it really is mindset. Um, and this agent said, I can't quite bring myself to do the Buffini continual ask thing. Always think of me for friends and family. And I would like to say, can you not bring yourself to say it one time? Yeah. It's fine if you don't want to send them a note every month saying, send me your, I'm always, you know, I'm never too, he's, his thing is I'm never too busy no. for your referrals. But I'm like, also, did you ever say it? Yeah. Ever once. It's not, it's not all or nothing. Can you say it two times? Yeah. Like, what if someone said, hey, how's the market? And you're like, it's going really well. I'm focusing on growing just my repeat and referral business this year. Let me know if you know anyone. I would never be your friend again. Never? Never. We're broken up. We had someone ask recently, like, you know, I'm in this season where my kids are so busy. And I'm like, I I enjoy going to the birthday parties and meeting new people and meeting new parents. And they're like, I don't want to go to the birthday parties just to get deals. I'm like, I don't go just to get deals. But while I'm there, I don't sit in the corner and talk to no one. I say, I'm Alyssa. I'm Haven's mom. Oh, you're his. Oh, great. Awesome. What do you do? Oh, cool. It would be rude not to. (laughs) You're like, it would be rude not to. If someone asked me what I do, I don't say nothing. Nothing. And while at times I am embarrassed to throw myself in with this lot of realtors, (laughs) I still have to. I'm not embarrassed about the job I do. Right. Like, I know what I do. Mm -hmm. And I know I have like my best friends. They are like, for sale by owner. Why would anyone do that? Because they know me. Yes, they know what you do. And I'm not afraid to tell them what I do. Like, they're like, obviously, you're working. Mm -hmm. I can see what you're doing. All right, let's move on to the market. In today's market, especially our sweet new agent friends who showed up in 2020 and beyond (laughs) are like, what is happening here? Yeah. Um, How do you, Alyssa Jenkins, prepare, plan, deal with changes, fluctuations in the market? I over-prepare. Right. You're like a saver. You know, my dad is like, Alyssa, I understood that. I understand that you started real estate and- worked really hard and and hit some big numbers pretty fast, but you must prepare because it won't last forever. It won't last forever. He always tells me that. Mm -hmm. During 2020, 2021, when I saw the volume being done by me and everybody else, I thought, this is not going to last forever. Like, no, no, way. no, no. When no. everybody else went out and got new cars, I was like hoarding. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I just want to prepare the end. You're like, the end is coming. This is, I was like, this is going to be my first recession. I was like a doomsday prepper for real estate. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like hoarding canned goods. Not really. But I kept thinking if there is a recession coming, I will be prepared. Yeah. And then it didn't really 
come. It was a soft landing. It, it was a softer landing than I prepared for. Thank goodness. But it allowed me to enjoy it mm-hmm. because I went, finally, that take madness. A, take a breath. That madness of 15 offers per listing is over. I'm going to, I have got to clean out my database and my, I have to tidy up around right. here. <laughs> okay. So, but you might be an anomaly. There are lots of agents listening. They're like, well, I didn't prepare and now it's slow. Yeah. What do I do? And some people are like, do I get a second job or a full-time job? What's your take on this now? You know, what's interesting to me, you know, in the beginning of the show and for a long time, we've always said, we believe agents should be full-time, mm-hmm. right? But also you cannot be full time if you don't have clients. You mm-hmm. then you have extra time. Well, you need to be full time getting Buying, clients. Right. You should be working. But I'm like, if you let's just say you have no transactions and you spend some amount of your week doing the business acquiring work. Yes. Right. You still have time because you're not spending any of your week managing clients. Yeah. Do you go get a second job? What's your take on this? I have seen a handful of agents that did get a second job and did it well. Okay. And used it to grow their real estate business. That's better. The problem is, and I, I don't like blanket statements, just like, you know, all leads are bad or whatever. I, you know, it's most agents this, most agents that. So I'm not going to say all. Right. But they trick themselves thinking that they can do both well. The agents I know that did it well did it for a very short time. They mm-hmm. were very intentional and very disciplined about, I'm still going to do open houses. Was it a full-time job that they no, took? No, no, Part-time. no. I've never seen anyone take Go a, a full-time f- job and, and do real estate successfully, yeah, ever. Right. I've seen a lot of people try. Yeah. Never, mm-hmm. never have I seen it work. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those listeners, we're going to get emails after this. Like, you know? I do it just fine. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a full-time job and I sell real estate and I'm successful at all three. I've never met anyone like that. I would not be able to do that. Right. And so I'm just saying to be realistic about you can do anything. You can. But not everything. Not everything. That's my favorite quote. I know. And do you don't want to do everything. How no. what is life at that point? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think if you have to do it, you have to have a plan in place for how that particular part-time job is going to help catapult your business. Yeah. How you are going to be intentional with the people that you meet, letting them know that that's your plan. And you need to have a cutoff date. Yeah. Either a cutoff date or a cutoff savings amount. Like mine uh, was a cutoff savings amount. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I was still bartending whenever I was licensed Mm -hmm. and I said, I need $6,000 before I can drop this cold turkey. Mm -hmm. I had no kids. I wasn't married. $6,000 was my number. Yeah. I came so close to it a few times and then fell short when there was a gap in closings. When I hit it, I thought, no, 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 no. It needs to be 10. It needs to be. No, I said six. You need to go make it happen. And it did. The fear motivated me same i did not want to ask mom and dad for help right i didn't want right. to go d- it wasn't i made it as if it wasn't an option correct not an option yeah then you, you have to work. make this work yeah okay so I like many that. people don't have to make it work they have backup plans or yeah if you always have a f- sometimes it's better to just jump in the deep end yeah. like if you don't if you have the safety net you might just use it and i've seen people like i was always solo 
I was never on a team. So when I was doing all those coffee dates, so many young people that had started on a team or kind of like started on online leads, I didn't start that way. Right. So I had to figure it out. Right. And I think once you get kind of, okay, well, the leads just keep flowing in. I know I'm paying for them, but they don't stop. You just sort of like, well, I don't, I'm afraid to try something different because mm-hmm. what if it doesn't work? And then now I'm not in a place where I have the money saved up, right? Like, yeah, I can't just not let it work. In our episode that we did on cold leads, mm-hmm. um, following up on cold leads, sign calls is one of my favorites. Okay, great. I want to ask you, how do you know when a lead is dead? So we're talking about needing 100 leads to get five <laughs> deals. There was 95 people. When did you call it? When were you like, flatline, this isn't working? Yeah, that was hard for me at first. Mm -hmm. And then once I started like crossing people off the list, it got really easy. You're like, you know (laughs) what? This is great. My final email, which I think is in our prospecting templates Mm -hmm. that they get when they join community. My final email said something along the line of like, hey, Alyssa here again. I still have a file. I'm cleaning out my files. I still have your name on one of my files. And I wanted to see, do you still need help buying a house or do you still plan to sell your house? Mm -hmm. If not, that's okay. Just let me (laughs) know. Just let me know and I'll remove you. I need to remove you. And that's when I start. Usually the ones that were never responsive like that really were because they didn't need help anymore. They just didn't know how to tell me that. So I send the last Hail Mary email As a way to give them permission to just, I'm a real person. Just tell me where you're at. Just tell me. And when I send that email, responses I get are like, I actually sold it last year with my aunt or- No problem. Great. I'm so glad it worked out for you. (laughs) And then I'm so glad to remove them from my list because when I was doing like the Dave Ramsey stuff, the list got too long. Too long. And I, the type of person I am can't stand to not be able to give- them all my best, mm-hmm. but I couldn't give them all no, my it was best. Too many people. It was too many people. Too many people. So I just, you know, I call it quits at different stages. Have they ever responded? Um, yeah. Have I tried all the different revenue? Do we even avenues? know if they're a real person? Are they a real person? Have I tried all that? Have they ever texted, emailed, or called? Texted, you have to try all three several times. Yeah. And then I just get to where I'm like, enough is enough. Right. You know, you just like, Right. Especially if they were responding and then they fall off. Yeah. It's the same as sellers. You're like, well, tell me about the feedback. I'm like, here's the feedback. There's no offer. Yeah. It's just the same with the buyer lead. Here's the (laughs) feed. They don't. That's a really good analogy. Yeah. They're they're not here. Same thing. They didn't ask you. They're not going to buy your house. I've tried to get feedback from them five times. It doesn't matter. The only feedback I need is an offer. Yeah. They don't want it. They don't want it. Let it go. Sorry. Just as much as you can't make that buyer buy your house, you cannot make force someone to work with you. No. Now, you have to follow up with some level of diligence or you're just dropping the ball. I'm not saying. And I think that's where my burnout came from is that I did. You for sure were. I was like a hardcore follow-upper. I just, I had to, or I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Yeah. So look, y'all, find the middle ground, though. Yeah. You don't have to be hardcore. And whenever they're like, make them say no to you 10 times, I do not ascribe to that at all. No. If they said no to me once, I respected that. That's it. No means no. No No means no. No No means means no. no. (laughs) Why does anyone teach that? Make them say no 10 times. And people will tell you, I've been cold calling and I, I, my 
lead, my guru says I have to make them, they have to say no 10 times. That is why realtors develop the image and reputation. That's that, why that's you're embarrassed here. And that's, that's why you're embarrassed. We're just here one hustle humbly episode at a time trying right. to bring professionalism and respect back to the realtor brand. Trying to. Just trying. Okay, let's talk a couple more specifics to the market as it is today. Um, how are you pricing houses? I feel like this has to be a whole nother episode. You, Such like, a different question. Okay, fine. But it is market related. Okay. So like if it's challenging because the market is challenging, inventory's tight, how do you price them? That's why I think this episode needs to be called Leads, Leads, Leads. <laughs> fine. All right. You want me to save this for later? People are going to be like, I want to know. Okay. Let's talk about it. Just quickly. I'm doing a lot of education right now with my sellers. I'm explaining to sellers. Listen, Mr. and Mr. Seller. The way that an appraiser would work when they value your home is they must go back six months. They aren't really supposed to go back further unless there's no comps. We have some comps here, or maybe we don't. So I had to go back nine months, okay? Whatever it may be. But the problem is we're in a shift right now. Mm -hmm. So the last six to nine months were this. Mm -hmm. We may be able to do a little better than this if we can get your house really staged well, presented well. Let's look at these actives. I'm I'm actually watching the actives a more. little bit more Thank you. now. That's, that's what I was waiting for. Yes, I'm. I'm like these are our guinea pigs right here. Yeah, we're we're trying to push it because we're coming off of a historically low time. Yeah, but we're shifting back to a more normal, stabilized market. Right. So there's no. I always tell them, no matter what the market is, there's no magic number. No. You could pay five appraisals, and they would all come back with a different yeah. number. I can assure you. Yes. There's a range here. Right. I do not feel comfortable going here based on this data. Yeah. But I could see pushing it maybe to here based on your house and the work you're willing right. to put I think in. Open discussion is most important here because you're going to be like, hey, listen, based on these comps, it's this. This yeah. is where I think we could go. Here's our range. If we push it. We might get multiple offers. I don't know. Yeah. But we have to be ready to adapt and change quickly. Yes. If no one comes, it's the price. Yeah. So I let's make say, a change. As a data-driven person, mm -hmm. it is very hard for me in this shift. Like I'm having to educate. I usually let the data speak for itself. I'm having to do so much more well, education. I, I did one this week and I did look at the actives more heavily. And I'm mm -hmm. like, look, all four of the houses on the market have been on the market over a hundred days. Yeah. This one is exactly like your house. This is the price. It, But you're not listing for two months. Yeah. Let's we, learn from them. I can't Right. I can't tell you today. Yeah. Maybe today I listed here. Maybe in two months, it'll be $20,000 different up yeah. or down. Yeah. What are these people going to sell for? So especially the people that I met with in December, January that are trying to get their house ready for March, April. I'm like, listen, we're going to have to watch because the number I give you today may not be the number I give you in March. Could but be different. And that's always the case. Yeah. It's always the case. And my broker um, that at Remax for so many years used to always say, appraisers are always behind the actual market because mm -hmm. they're looking at data that already happened. Agents are seeing what's happening with sellers and buyers today. We hear what buyers are saying, what they're seeing, what they like, which houses are selling or not. Mm -hmm. it, it's different. They're always behind. They're always behind the market. Mm -hmm. um, okay. One more logistical question for this current market. Shifty, a shifty question. The move up buyers. Mm -hmm. How can we help them be non-contingent? So the list that this person was already aware of was a bridge loan, pulling money out of a 401k, taking out a HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit. But 
what are the creative solutions? What are they missing? I'm sending all of mine to the one-time recast. Okay, tell people what that is. The one-time recast is when you do qualify to have both mortgages debt-to-income ratio-wise, but you do have to have the minimum down payment saved outside of the equity of your home. So Mm -hmm. 5% for conventional, okay? Okay. You would put down the minimum, even though you really wanted to put down 20%. Because that's what you're going to get when you sell your house. But if you have to buy without selling your house, you put down the minimum 5%. Mm Mm-hmm. When you sell your house, mm-hmm. the one-time recast will allow you to make a one-time lump sum payment. Mm-hmm. It refigures all your numbers just like a refinance would, but you're not having to pay for a refinance. Yeah. So you may have a higher note until you get that house sold. Mm-hmm. But then once it does sell and you recalculate, mm-hmm. it goes down. I'm also reminding my clients that when you buy a home, your mortgage skips a month. So if we close in May, your first mortgage payment isn't due until July. Yeah. So we have until July to get that house sold. Yeah. To give you some buffer period Mm -hmm. of hopefully not having to pay any or many double notes. I like that. The recast. The recast. Ask your local lender. Yeah. And like if you're going to do the home equity line of credit, you actually can't do that while your house is listed. So you need to know the rules of what is the plan. I think we found a way to do that. You did? Mm-hmm. We okay. did a HELOC. I mean, this was a long time ago, but there wasn't a recast at that time. And we did a HELOC. We bar- The house we loved would not take a contingency. Right. We did qualify for both. And so I took a HELOC out to, to have, have your- my down payment. Mm-hmm. And then when I sold my old house, it just was paid off. But did you do the HELOC with a sign in your yard? Yeah. Interesting. And it doesn't so much matter as at the sign because the appraiser is looking in MLS. They'll see well, it. Right. I was just meaning like, yeah, was it yeah. actually listed or not? Right, right. It was not, listed. Not, not physically just the sign. But sometimes people hide their signs is why oh, I right. say no, that. No, no, no. I was, I'm with you. Sometimes people really do think if I hide the sign, they won't know. Yeah, that's not going to work at all. Okay. What would people do right now in this market to get business? They would educate themselves and work on their confidence and professionalism. And they would work on their database. Mm -hmm. They would all go buy Build Your Own Business 101. (laughs) Sorry. Right? I just feel like they need it. I mean, it tells you how to do it. If you are struggling with this specifically, you need BYOB Mm -hmm. because it walks you through, I need people for business. I cannot pay thousands of dollars a month for people. What about the people in Sphere I already know? What about those people? I love the um, non-solicited market report for your house. Like, yes. you know people that live in houses. Mm-hmm. Simply be like, hey, it's the beginning of the year or whenever. Mm-hmm. Just It's springtime. Just checking in with everyone on my list to make sure you know what your home is valued currently in case you want to take money out for spring projects yeah. or... Like, make it not valuable. be about, right, valuable. it's not about you trying to sell their There's house. There's so many good, valuable campaigns you can use to talk yeah, to Yeah, like, people. knowing the value of your home is never a bad idea. Mm-hmm. This is yours right now. Right. Or, hey, I'm just following up with my updated vendor list for 2024 in case you're doing any house cleaning or painting for the spring. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So easy, Katie. So easy. So easy. Hey. I just updated my resume and I'm so proud to still be serving repeat referral clients. Here's a copy. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. 
have a nice spring. <laughs> <laughs> it's so scary, Katie. It's so have scary. A, have a nice spring. I'm so afraid of people. If you're afraid of people, it really, let's take some stuff. Right. Do we need a little bit of. So don't pay to play. Work. Work. Go to work. It's all work anyway. Yeah. You're going to, oh, you're going to work yourself to the bone on those. Oh gosh. So much work. It's not fun play. No, they're not free leads. They Get take your time. Game. If time is your currency. Mm-hmm. Those are taking, those are sucking you dry. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they paid for themselves. At what cost? Yes. To your life. Do so you good. even want to be an agent anymore? No. At the end of the day, <laughs> right? Like, how do you get through it positively? Are you ready for the toast? Yeah. Okay. Good news. Today, I know who the toast is. Do you want to say? Do you remember who's toasting? Julie Ray. Julie Ray. I love Julie, Julie Ray. Julie Ray McLeod is in San Diego and we love her. And she helped with our meetup in California. In California. So we've met her and she's so great. And so you're going to hear from Julie Ray toasting to Shannon Dempsey. Perfect. I know. So y'all have a great day and go get those leads. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. <laughs> They're still leads. Even if they came from your database, it's, a, it's lead. a lead. Yeah, for sure. Like, but the reason why we don't like the name is because of what I just want leads. Yes. Right? Yes. But you just want business. Call it a business, for heaven's sakes. Yes. I'm looking to grow my business. I'm only sad I didn't say. I hope they're still listening. (laughs) Maybe they are. (laughs) If you're still here. If you are not taking care of the business that you already have, you do not have the right to ask for more. Before another lead comes through that source that you are paying for, how are the dozens, hundreds, thousands of leads that have already came in, how are they doing? Right. Check with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Mind your business. Mind your own business. Mind your business. Okay, bye. Hey there. I want to toast my dear friend, Shannon Dempsey. We're both realtors at Allview Real Estate in San Diego, where we're solo agents, but we farm our neighborhood together and we team up on certain shared projects. Shannon is an amazing force of kind, happy energy, and truly a joy to work with. I love you. Cheers to you, Shannon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week.